the children up to the sixth grade can be dismissed to children's church. Kids up to the sixth grade can make your way on back to children's church. It would be a good opportunity if it's not too late for you to invite a friend to come this evening um, one of those special occasions, and Greg mentioned that earlier in his announcement, when some people are more open to coming and visiting a church, folks are just, um, Christmas time is something that is going to relate to them, and that's an opportunity for that. As we go to God's Word at this time, we understand that this time of year we take a break from what we normally do. Uh, we have finished up a series in the book of Acts, and in the beginning of the new year, we'll begin Ephesians, and I'm very excited about that. I trust you will be reading ahead. You can go through the entire book in not too long of a period, so I'd encourage you to do that. But for today, uh, we will be specifically looking at the story of Jesus Christ and his birth, and so if you want to go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2 in your Bible would be a good time to go ahead and do that. We find in the scriptures that Solomon told us that there's nothing new under the sun. And that's encouraging for me at times. To hear that there is nothing that can come along in this world that's not already come along at one point or another. I know we don't always feel that way. I haven't heard somebody say recently, oh my goodness, and something happened to them, and the idea is it couldn't get any worse, or it couldn't have, nobody's seen anything like this before with the stress that comes. I am encouraged also by the fact that Solomon wrote that, that nothing new under the sun comes. He wrote it out of his experience. And so for you, you can take comfort in the fact that nothing new is going to come under the sun, and that God is in control of all of these things, but your story is different than the person next to you in how you learn that. Perhaps you've not learned a valuable lesson yet that you need to have as a part of your life. You will be taught every day that you get up, if you're paying attention, the things that God wants to teach you. And hopefully you will be better tomorrow than you are today as you are seeking to know him. Let's take one more moment to bow our heads and we'll ask for God's clear involvement in our time. Heavenly Father, we rejoice all year round, but in particular where we hear repeatedly at church and even throughout the stores and restaurants and over secular radio stations that Jesus Christ has come into the world. And we thank you that we can be reminded of that. And we ask, God, that you would make that so real to us in our daily walk. And would you be clearly involved in the time when we open your word now. We thank you for the privilege of studying it. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit as we claim him as our teacher now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to ask you to get involved a little bit as we begin today. And I want to do a little bit of Christmas song trivia and see if you can fill in the blank of the, of the song. Um, I know this uh, line very, very well, and it will jump out to others. It's not a Christian song per se, but it's likely one that you will hear this time of year. It goes like this. Don't, don't speak until I cue you. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots is the hope of Barney and Ben. And dolls that will talk and go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. 
And mom and dad can hardly wait for what? School to start again. Yes, and all the moms and dads said amen to that. Greg mentioned earlier that we had a cancellation this past week. Wednesday, we had snow that was coming down, and it was pretty bad. And so they canceled the afternoon activities um, at all the Lapeer schools on Wednesday. And the, um, the next day, school was canceled as well. We canceled the things that were going on here at the church. And doing my best to try to be a good dad, I, saw, I thought, well, I can take opportunity here. And while I still have the strength and uh, wisdom, I'm not sure if wisdom is the right word for that there, I can take my kids and we can go and do some sledding. So we went ahead Wednesday night and piled up uh, my kids in the car and we went and grabbed a couple friends as well and put on the four-wheel drive and we went sledding. Had a nice experience and opportunity. And then when we were done and we dropped off everybody, I found myself alone in my car with my 16-year-old son who is a student driver at this point. And I thought to myself, I've never had anyone sit with me and teach me how to drive in the snow. And what a blessing I can be to my son by allowing him to drive through this. And it was a winter wonderland at that point. We had a friend of his we had to drop off almost down to the Hadley area. And so when he was dropped off, I said, let's switch seats and you're going to drive. I thought this would be an outstanding idea. As we switched places and I said, before you put it in drive, let me give you some instruction. And I gave him a few things that I've learned. By the way, most of the things that I've learned, I've learned by making the mistake myself, right? Right? It leaves an imprint in your mind. And so we switched places and we got on the road. And as we were driving north up a road there, mostly it was cleared, but it was a country road. And when there was oncoming traffic, there was one point when there was a car that was coming towards us. And as the car was coming towards us, uh, we got far over in the car that we were past where the snow was worn. And we got into that shoulder section where there was about six inches of snow that had not been worn. Now, I'm going to wait till the end of my message to tell you <laughs> how this ends. I'm going to let you know it's, it's okay. It's, it's going to be okay. But I'll come back to that at the end of my time today. When we look at our lives and when we come across a time like this year, I'm not sure if over the 2017 Christmas season you're going to develop some memories that you will remember for the rest of your life. It's very possible that you will do that. It's very possible that you will go through something that God is going to use to make such an impact on you that it will change the way not only that you think, but it will change the way you encounter with others. In fact, I would go so far to say that it can make such a change in you that others will see it, and they will see that it's not just something that you say. That your religion is not just something that you do on the weekend or something that gives you a good feeling and that's why you do it, or even something that you do out of habit, but that's what is inside of you comes out because of a genuine change that has been made in your life. When we look at the story of um, Jesus Christ, and it's a familiar passage, I'd encourage you to read it multiple times over the next week or so. We're going to start in verse number four of Luke chapter two, and we're going to read this familiar section and go down through verse seven, starting in verse four of Luke two. 
It says, And Joseph also went up from, Nazareth, or from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, if I can just slow things down from this crazy Christmas season just a moment, and I can ask you to put yourself in this situation, because we have a short season in this world where God had come in human flesh, and only a very, very few knew about it. You see, it's a short season because that was going to change very soon and it would change from now on. There would no longer be a time where very, very few knew that Jesus Christ had been born and that God took on human flesh. And for a few cherished moments, Joseph and Mary, they had the Savior all to themselves. All to themselves. They would no doubt be snuggling together to try to keep warm on that cold night. But there was also another group who would be the next ones to hear about this. Now, when I say there was a small group that heard, you have to contrast that with very soon in the announcement of the angel and then today with millions who are not only hearing about this but who are telling about this good news of Jesus' birth. And yet it was a short time when we see they had them all to themselves. But there are so many today that talk about it. I mentioned earlier that you'll hear about it. Even in a store or in, in some place that has nothing to do with God or Jesus, you will hear a Christmas song. My daughter and I uh, just yesterday um, or the day before, in the last two days, we were listening to a group sing a Christmas song. It was one of these newer groups, an a cappella group, and it was incredible, the sounds that they had and as we were listening to it and this message of Jesus Christ that is so sweet to us that know him and she thought to herself because she knew a little bit about the group she said are they a Christian group just like that and to the best of my knowledge they're not a Christian group but there are many people who love to hear these Christian songs these Christmas songs will have the gospel in them so whether people know it or not the gospel message has gone out through song in the most unusual places. But let's go ahead and turn our attention to this next group who would hear about Christ's birth. Look, at, look, look with me in verse number 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now we find here that they get this message from the angel. Who had already heard about this? What, who had already received a similar kind of message? 
Well, we know that Zechariah in the temple had heard about his son being born, John the Baptist, who would be a forerunner of Jesus Christ, and there was an angelic appearance at that point. We know that Mary, in her room, had received a very similar kind of announcement. Also Joseph, in his dream, he had received that. And now the angel appears to the shepherds out in an open field. I am very appreciative and want to say thank you for this gift of our trip to the Holy Land, and that was a surprise to me. Um, I told Pastor Nathan, I'm not going to be able to listen to the sermon because I'd be looking through that book the entire sermon, but I've got to get up here and preach it, so I guess I don't have that opportunity. I can't wait to see some of the pictures. Somebody asked me if the last time I went to Israel was different than the time I had been before, and there were a few things that were different, and one was this last time we got to go with our group to a hillside that if it wasn't the very hillside has to be very close to where shepherds would have been keeping their sheep there in Bethlehem and where they would have been in an angelic announcement. Now the angel appears to these shepherds. When we look back at our knowledge of the Old Testament and we look at the occupation of the shepherd, when you look at David's time, remember David, the lowly shepherd boy? It seems at that point, thousands of years earlier, that it was a family business. Well, this has changed now when we come to Luke chapter 2. It's no longer a family business, but instead being a shepherd meant that very likely you did not smell good. That's what it meant if you were a shepherd. You were possibly nursing some wounds from fighting off some predators that would have been around. And even to some people groups, if you were a shepherd, it would be an abomination for you to be around them at certain points or maybe even at all. When God looked at the shepherds, he had something in mind with who was going to receive this message. And it's likely that when God would observe the heart of one of these, that he would not see a group that were puffed up. He would not see a group that was conceited and self-absorbed. But instead, he would see a group of individuals who were ready to receive a message. He would look at some and he would make the choice to make this announcement to them and they would genuinely respond with a wonderful, wonderful anticipation. You see, God's people were anticipating the coming Messiah. I think that many were talking about this, but these, these shepherds, they were able to receive this special announcement from God. And so they were different. Many went past that time and did not accept that Jesus Christ was the coming Messiah. But these, I have to believe, did. I think that it changed their life. And then we find the scene changing from one messenger who spoke, which freaked them out, by the way. They were afraid. First thing the angel has to say is, fear not. So they were very afraid when the angel appears, and then it's almost as if there is a curtain in the sky that is pulled back. And can you picture it? Have you pictured it? A multitude of beautiful angels appeared, praising God. You see, when angels look at what God is doing, they see the beauty of His plan, and they cannot experience grace like you and I can. And they do not have all knowledge like God does. But they understood that what was taking place with this little tiny baby 
being born in Bethlehem. This is God's plan for man to once again have fellowship with God. Those in the Old Testament were looking forward to the work that would be done on the cross. We today look backwards at the work that was done on the cross. And some folks might think it odd that I mention the cross at a time like Christmas. But if you know him, you understand that the real gift of Christmas did not come at Christmas time, but it came at Easter time. And the beauty of what we have is not, um, you know, it's not based in a key way on Bethlehem, but it's based more on a key way on Jerusalem, the sacrifice of God the Son. And the angels, as they broke out, and you can debate whether they were singing or not, I don't care to be part of that debate. Some say singing, the good old King James says they were singing. Some says it never says they sang. It doesn't matter, but what does matter is they were praising God for this point in his plan. And they were saying glory to God. Look at verse 13 with me. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And yet, what a strange way. What a strange way for God to break into mankind, for the Messiah to come, and they would take him and lie him in an animal trough, likely made of stone. They didn't have near as much wood as we have in our place today. Likely it was an animal trough made of stone that he was laid in. And the angel told them, you will find. So we're encouraged by the fact that the angels left, or the, the shepherds left what they were going to do, but the angel gave them the instruction, you're going to find him. You're going to find him in an animal trough. You're going to find him wrapped up in some tight swaddling clothes. The angel said, you will find there will be no guarded walls to deal with, as many would think would be the case, with a king coming into the world. They could go. They could see him. They could worship him. And so what did they do? Look in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. You know, I think if all of us were honest, we could get ourselves to the point where we recognize that we are really ordinary. Now, for some, that might be some work. It might take you down a notch. For some, it might bring you up a notch. But for the most part, many of us can understand and view ourselves in a similar light to these shepherds. We have figured out that the roads that we travel down, they likely aren't going to stand out very much in the grand scheme of the world. Perhaps you have a very ordinary path that you've been going down over the past few years. Maybe you have an ordinary job. Maybe you have ordinary relationships. I started earlier by saying that there is nothing new under the sun. Many of us are very, very ordinary. 
when you look at the grand scheme of things. But let me tell you what you are in the eyes of God the Father. You are so special that God the Father would see you and would send his son to take on human flesh, to come and to be born in this world where he was mocked, where he was ridiculed, where even in his own hometown he couldn't get any respect. And eventually he was killed by his own people. And that all happened because you are anything but ordinary. You see, the message that goes out over all of these Christmas songs, peace on earth and goodwill to men. We started out by singing, good Christian men rejoice. We as Christians have a reason to rejoice. And that message of Jesus Christ coming so that you and I could choose to give our life to him and follow him. If it's new to you today, can I encourage you that would you allow yourself to be seen in the extraordinary way that God the Father sees you? And if that's a stretch for you, I can't quite get there, Jeremy. I can't quite see how I'm extraordinary in his eyes. Well, let me shed some light on it for you. He took his only son and let him be crucified for you. That's how much you are loved. All the reminders about peace on earth and goodwill toward men and joy to the world and the first Noel and silent night, all of these that you're going to hear over the next several days, and if you come tonight, we'll be reminded in the program. All of these are reminders of how extraordinary you are to a God because he went to great lengths to show that you are loved by him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the way for you to have fellowship with the Father. And just as God favored these ordinary shepherds, you are very, very special. And even if you view yourself as pretty ordinary, just, you know, kind of an average Joe, these shepherds went on a specific journey. And can I challenge you with this? For every one of God's children, he has an incredible journey for you. Now, maybe as others outside of your life look at it, they might deem it as that. But when your eyes are open, I saw this this past week in my life. I was talking with someone, and they talked about this thing that the world would call a coincidence. And what we that follow Jesus Christ need to call it is God working in our life. What a beautiful picture of how he is involved, not just in this grand scheme of sending his son to die on a cross so that we could have eternal life if we follow him, but in the small, minute details of your life. He has an incredible journey for you. Well, let's see how they responded to this. Look in verse number 17 with me. And when they saw it, they made known the saying, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. When we find them, and they see baby Jesus, and they see that wonderful fulfillment of God's promise that God had come, they had to share their story. You see, the fact of the child was news. 
but the function of the child was how they would have fellowship with the Father. This is the gospel. And there is one word that really characterizes the audience. Everyone that they they talked to had the same kind of response. They were all amazed. They were amazed. And can I challenge you to take this very, very familiar story? I would suggest that some of you have heard this story well over 200 times in your life. Many of you could tell this story. And can I challenge you with this idea that those that are around you, if they want to see that this is real in your life, if they want to see your Savior, they're going to not just need to see a practice of going to church or a title that you take by being a Christian, follower of Christ, whatever you want to call it. But what they need to see is that you, don't miss this, they need to see that you have been amazed by him. Everything else, you can relate to any other religion. But if you in your life have been amazed by this one and you see him walking with you and you see him forgiving and you see him growing you and you see his beautiful mercy and you study his grace, when others see that you are amazed by him, that's what will make the difference for the rest of your journey. All right, I told you that I would come back to that story that we started with, this driver's ed opportunity that I had. And as um, I was driving, going north on a road, I wasn't driving, I was uh, instructing, and I was praying uh, in a very strong way. (laughs) And as we were going, and as cars were coming towards us on a regular basis, and as the car started to go over, I can remember the times that I've gotten out of the good safe tracks into the fresh snow and what happened when I turned my wheel too quickly. And as a car was coming by and as we got in that fresh snow over there, in the calmest voice that I could muster, I'd say, don't jerk your wheels, just turn back slowly toward the road. And we turned back slowly and went right back in the lane. If you are one that thinks in this way, my son gets an A for his driving this past Wednesday night. And we're here, and we are safe. Here's what I asked him at that point. We got done with that. We got back in the lane, and here's what I said. I said, do you have those butterflies in your stomach? And you know what he said? He said, no, I don't. Just like that. And I was confused. I couldn't figure this out. Why was I sitting there, and I had these incredible butterflies in my stomach at this point, and we got done, and he didn't have those butterflies in his stomach? Well, maybe some of you are connecting the dots. He wasn't nervous and he wasn't scared because he had never put his car in a ditch before. He had never turned the wheel this way and made it go this way before. He had never done that. He hadn't learned to, he had never touched the toaster, if we can go back to those toddler days. You gotta let them touch the toaster and they'll learn the lesson. Now, I'm thankful we didn't have an accident, but I wanna suggest to you that the things that I could tell him mostly have come in my life because I messed something up. The things that I could tell him, I have learned by experience, and some of those experiences were very, very hard. But they are burned on the hard drive of my mind. They're attached to something, sometimes waiting at a mechanic to get my car fixed because of the accident that I had. And he didn't have that nervousness. 
because he has not yet been down that road. He's never crashed before. Let me encourage you today that no matter what you have gone through, you are extraordinary. And here's the beauty of your God. He will take everything. He can take anything in your story and he can use it to glorify himself. Does not mean he rejoices when we fail. Does not mean that he is excited when someone does us wrong. But it does mean if we will just keep our eyes on him and keep our ears open to his instruction, he will take all of those things. And even if we have butterflies in our stomach because we've been down this road before, here's what we do. We trust a heavenly father who keeps us on our path. He keeps us on our journey and nothing, nothing can undo what he has planned for us. These lowly shepherds were forever changed because they received this message. And very, very soon, everyone in that small village, that small village of Bethlehem, they would all be talking about this event. Whether they believed it or not, they would all be talking about it because of those shepherds. And it began with God making known to first this couple from Nazareth, his plan of Jesus Christ's coming, and then some unappreciated shepherds carrying out their nighttime task and having that interrupted. What God said would happen had been done. And then the shepherds left this extraordinary sight of a king, and they went back to their task never to be heard of again, but never to be forgotten. Would you bow with me in prayer? Gracious Father, we look to you and celebrate this point of the story when you would send Jesus Christ and he would crush the head of the serpent and he would conquer death and conquer sin on behalf of us so that we would not have to pay for our own sins. We praise you for the wonderful blessing that we can celebrate. And I'm sure that many of us love the family get-togethers and love the Christmas cookies and love the even non-Christian Christmas songs, but we thank you so much that we have something so deep within us that we can celebrate, and that is God taking on flesh so that we could have fellowship with you. And we know that even right now, even as I speak, He's right between us, our intercessor. We thank you that you hear our prayers because of his ministry today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm gonna ask Ron just to play through just a little bit on the piano. And as he plays through something, I wanna give you a chance to pray. Maybe 2017 will be extraordinary for you because this will be the year that you choose to follow God with your life. Jesus Christ died on a cross so that you could have fellowship with the Father and all you have to do is believe. Accept Him as your Savior and Redeemer. Maybe God has laid something else on your heart today. I'll give you a chance just to pray while Ron plays through.